Hi, everybody. Welcome to Community Accountability Equals the Cure. My name is Destiny, and I am here with our founder and co-host, Robert Lomas. Before we get started, I encourage everyone to check out our trailer episode uh, to better understand what CAC means and what our show is all about. The short description is perspective and diversity of thought. However, you can visit rklbehavioralhealth.com forward slash CAC for more information, uh, as well as find links to the show on all major platforms. Uh, I'm here today with Brian Luton, a man who, despite trials and adversity, has recently completed his Master's of Social Work and reflects a great example of advocacy in action. Brian, thank you for being uh, here to share your story with us. And could you just start by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about how you grew up throughout your childhood? Yeah, and thank you for uh, having me here. I'm, I'm humbled um, being here. Well, I grew up um, in Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, you know, I grew up in a, in a two-parent home, believe it or not. They say most of African-American males, males don't have those two-parent homes, but I had a, a mother that went to work um, and I had a father who worked in the steel mill. Um, I, I had a good, a good, I was, it was a great home. I had a, have three awesome, yeah. all of us um three sisters and uh and two dogs so nice I, nice family I, environment right re i really had a good family environment um you know my parents like i said they went to work they sent us through uh through catholic schools okay. um um and i i grew up like a i want to say with a normal life going on vacation every summer my parents really uh you know try to provide the best for me that they can do you know, our last uh, our last guest uh, was similar, where he kind of broke that stereotype, um, where he was brought up in uh, in a two parent home in a good family environment, and kind of like, you know, he strayed on his own. So that's that's cool. Our second guest for advocacy in action. Yeah, yeah, and, he, um, and he's familiar with Willie. He knows Willie Knighton too. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Willie was yeah. the, la the last guy we interviewed. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and like I say, and and I. It's almost the same thing as Willie. I strayed on my own. It was nothing of my parents doing. It was just, you know, me wanting to explore my freedom and um, yeah, do what I wanted to do and not listen. So that and that's what happened. So tell us about that when you kind of um, when you strayed on on your own path. Um, I strayed, I, I think I and I and I started late. <laughs> I didn't do it <laughs> like you know, some people do it in the early years. But mine was maybe. I was 27, 28, you know, going into my 30s. And I just, I, I got involved into criminal element. And um, yeah. unfortunately, I had to go on vacation with um, the Ohio Department of Rehabilitation and Correction. Yeah. But by, by going there, that allowed me to see that I could help people. That allowed yeah. me to think and question myself, what can I do to help? to stop others from making the same mistakes I made because it doesn't matter what kind of family you come from. It doesn't matter your, 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 your financial income, your educational, that you can stray down the wrong path and all of a sudden, you know, there you are taking a vacation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just like, just like you can take the wrong path, you can always come back. There's always, you know, as long as there's breath, there's hope. There's always a chance to turn it around. Always. Oh, as long as you're as long as you're breathing, you know, and uh, you know, our help comes from the hills. So, um, yep. you always. And, and you know, also, uh, Brian, uh, in in Destiny, I also came from a two parent home, so that kind of yep. debunks. This is something that, uh, that 
is, is, is kind of a myth. In the 60s, 70s, and the 80s, uh, in black families, we're talking about right now, the parents were at home. It was two parents, and we also had the support of a community at that time. Um, it was later, yeah, remember that, how Brian, it was at that time, the community was together, and the community was community effort to take care of the children. It was the village, it was the whole village, it takes a village to raise a, a, a child concept. That was, in the right. inner, that was in the inner cities at that time, too. Remember, Brian, where right. even the guy on the corner drinking wine would tell us the right thing to do. Yeah, because when my, when my parents, they bought the house over here on the east side of Cleveland, they had what was going on. You had white flight going on. So mm -hmm. they were kind of moving off into the suburbs. And they my both of my parents came from the south, you know, during the great black migration up north. Mm -hmm. And um, they wanted better paying jobs and better education. And... um. Like I say, my father got into the steel mill. My mother went to work into the hospital, and uh, they found a nice home over here. And, um, and that's and they settled in. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's another similarity. Uh, my father from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, from the south, and, yep. And my mother from Clarksdale, Tennessee, and they hooked up and they came here to migrate. My father went to the steel mill to Cleveland Metal Braces, and my mother was an aide at the school, kind of like Martha was for you. So my mm -hmm. mom was right there, so we could uh we can get checked right there at the school. Yeah. And yep. wow. So so you say, let's get back to your story real quick. You said that you um, you know, kind of strayed late and got yourself into some trouble. Um, had to go uh go enjoy your stay with the Department of Corrections. Um mm -hmm. so while you're there, how long how long did you stay? And talk us through a little bit about, you know, what's going through your mind, where you felt that that kind of shift. Uh, so I was there in three years, give or take. And um, while I was there, I just, first of all, I didn't want to be there. That's the first thing. Sure, first yeah. Part, nope. First I feel part. that. Uh, and then secondly, I was just like, you know, I always question myself, like, what did I do wrong? And what could I do different now? You know, um, and just... And because of my faith and, and who I am, it, it, it led me to realize that there is no condemnation, you know, yeah. no, therefore there's no condemnation. And I just, um, I, I just knew in my mind when I got out, I had to do something and do something positive to, to make myself, you know, happy. And also to make my, my family and the community happy. Yeah. So while, enjoying your stay um do you think that it'd be fair to say that you want you chose uh faith over fear um and and ha found some kind of self-accountability to then go to all right i gotta make this right i gotta do something positive exactly okay. exactly I, I mean, tell us I, about that tell us what uh, what led you uh to getting this master's degree oh um so right now presently well i'm gonna say not presently well i started working as a a substance abuse counselor. Okay. Um, and I was working uh, with a lot of the people who was coming home from prison or a lot of people that were being monitored under probation and parole. And, um, you know, I was enjoying my work and I was facilitating classes and um, just, you know, running groups like IOP and doing individuals. And one day I happened to be at Whole Foods uh, getting some coffee before work. And I met a young, um, a young woman from Washington, D.C., and uh, somehow we got on the subject that she was visiting uh, one of the schools here, one of the universities here. And uh, she told me she was a social worker. So I said, oh, okay. 
And she asked me, what did I know about social workers? And I said, um, well, I know that there are people to come take your kids. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they do the food stamps. You know, and, and it's bad to say this. When we say social workers, um, a lot of, 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 I would say a lot of Afro-Americans have this one, this one track mind. This is what they do. You know, they help you get food stamps or they right. come kids from you. Well, growing up, uh, growing up in a in a you know low income household, that was all that ever meant to me. So that's where we go to get the food stamps, right. and that's who that's who might come talk if, if somebody gets in trouble or they're the people that take your kids away. That was all I ever knew of them. And then she told me she laughed and she said, "Oh no, honey, we do so much much more work than that." You know, she told she explained to me you have a generalist, and then you have the clinical side. And um, she also explained to me like a lot of the, the media gives social workers a bad rap. Because yeah. those are actually not social workers; those are child care workers. But the media calls them social workers. I said, "Oh, okay." And she told me the majority of your therapists—they um, are social workers who went to school and and got a clinical master's. I said, "I didn't know that." And um, she said, "If you really want to do some work and do some real therapeutic work, you should get your MSW." And I said, "Well, I need to look this up." And she said, "I yeah. want you to." She said, after you look it up, and when you graduate, you call me and you buy me a cup of coffee. I said, I sure will. So I um I went home right away. I um I looked it up and I said, wow, I didn't know this. That social workers, they do so much. Yeah. And, um I called Cleveland State and I asked them about the, the MSW. And they said you can either go generalist or clinical track. And of course I want to go clinical track because I I wanna I wanna do therapy. I wanna do therapeutic right. help people. And um, I want to take my my counseling to a different level. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went back to school and I, I graduated this May uh, 2022 honor roll. Oh, congratulations. That's awesome. Mm. And uh, and now I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Now I can, I think I can affect more people now. Yeah. You know, I know I can. Because, I, you know, as a social worker, I can do marriage and family. I can do mental health. Of course, I have a heavy, a heavy background in substance abuse. I can do that. Right. You know, I can use different modalities to, to help many different people. So this is, this was the perfect, I want to say it's almost the perfect career for me. And then we also do some social justice advocacy work also in the community. Yeah. So I can, you know, I can do different things. And this is what I like. I like to, my day to be different. So what I see and what I love about this, uh, this segment, we have this advocacy in action um, and we have a few, oh, we have a few different um, segments for all kinds of different things. But my favorite thing about this is it reflects so much off of, you know, Rob, our founder, um, who is living that. And then, you know, now he's introducing me to people like you and like Willie, um, who are incredibly motivating and inspiring um, for someone who just wants to help people. For, for people who are, you know, just by nature empathetic and, and want to find a way to reach out and help people, um, you're a great example of that. So I want to thank you for even uh, considering, you know, this kind of career, because I think they are so important. Uh, and I think your perspective could help a lot of people. Thank you. No, you know, it was a question I posed to my classmates. And um, I guess, and just before I became a social worker, just seeing different things and, and working in different areas. You know, I asked them, I said, how would you feel? I said, if you had a bunch of, just say, Caucasian children or Caucasian men or Caucasian women, and you had uh, Afro-American people 
making decisions over their lives. Mm -hmm. How would you feel? And they were kind of stuck with that. They said, wow. <laughs> I said, well, it seems like in almost in every scenario I've been to, whether it be reentry, whether it be substance abuse, you have, it, it, there's not too much diversity in, in, in Afro-Americans in the leadership role, in Afro-Americans, yeah. you know, taking so the, I, I'd the like to share. Too. I'd like to kind of share two perspectives that I've had on that myself. Um, and it's just, it's, it's very two different ends of it, but I, I can see both sides of this, I guess. My first, um, not specifically just like in social work, but generally, like you said, how would you feel? Um, how would I feel if I were, if everywhere I went was predominantly people outside of my culture and how like lonely that would feel. So at first I think, well, I wouldn't care if I'm in a position to help somebody. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what their background is. I want to help them. But then I kind of, you know, realized that can, in a way, is narrow-minded of me um, because I know that there are people with mindsets that aren't like that, that aren't just pure and thought like that. So then mm -hmm. I do kind of understand the perspective of um, being a minority and not seeing examples of, um, enough examples of positive leadership from your culture. Um, so I sit, on, I sit on that fence all the time, but I do know that it, it can be naive to think that just because you want to help somebody um no matter what their background is not everybody has that thought process there are right so and that was yeah a, and that was another main another another focal point for me wanting to be to get my master's in social work you know because as a counselor you know yeah I, I got some i would say some respect or some you know, from upper echelons, they used to administration management, but now as a therapist, they have to acknowledge me. Right. They have to acknowledge my my, my body of work and, and and I put the, you know, I not only put the ed, my experience but the education in behind me now. Yeah. And so, but I think, you know, we need more, I, they don't have a problem with letting us be counselors or or be becoming a CDCA assistant. But it's when you I they think have a problem. There are people that have a problem when you're standing right next to them and they can't discredit exactly. that or exactly. sitting above them. Like Rob's on his way to his doctorate and he's got his master's and uh, they can't they can't take that away from him. They right, can't. Right. And, 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 you know, that's why I kept pushing. I had a guy, you know, Brian and Destiny when I was telling and Destiny is there because, you know, um, you know, that's my daughter, you know, and I love her, man. And we've been together, our family for a, a number of years, you know. Since she been a baby, when her mother, her mom, and her us first yeah, we're at like sixteen years or something since I met you. Yep, and so uh, one of the things is I tell people why I continue to go forward and continue to break the stereotypes, to break down and kick doors, because uh, you know what's the whole message is what's impossible for God. I, I remember with a GED at the Ridge Project, and um, and I like to call it sometime, you know, uh, uh, out of all the Europeans, it was only a handful of us of color that worked there, including Alicia and the Latinos that worked there. And right. um, uh, Destiny, I actually, I felt victim of black on black crime. My demise was brought about by, uh, you know, an Afro-American Afro sister that was uh, had, had a history with me. You know, so black on black on black crime ain't done with a gun. And so, uh, and, and that's a whole nother thing. So, but one of the things was that, but that motivated me to, and, 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 and I took that drive and it challenged me to become 
what like Ryan, one thing he said, bitter, not bitter, but better. So I wanted yep. to be better. So instead of me going and holding my head down and saying, I'm taking my ball and going home, I took the ball and I ran with it. And I said, I'll yep. be back. And so I kept on moving because then, then as I grew and I'm, and I, I, I'm, and, you know, I'm matured and always remain coachable and teachable. It became less and less about me and more about some of the things that you saying, Brian. And when I was on the reason I'm not on the Fulton County drug court and some of those uh, treatment teams I used to be on and stuff like that, because not saying that I was looked at as a token, it was hard for them to accept that I had became not even only eye level that I had passed them you up, passed, surpassed most of I, them, I yeah. surpassed them. And yep. so, and so I'm sitting over here, man, and um, and here I am. I'm on this treatment team, and I know you've probably been a part of drug court and some of those treatment teams too. And so I'm sitting over here, and they deciding what they're going to do with a person that used to be me. That's right. <laughs> and so they're over here talking about this poor dude, and, and these people are for to make decisions. I sat there and was quiet for about six months of saying nothing. So be here's the thing. So I listened, and so they were taking and um, now I know you're familiar with the harm reduction module that everybody oh, yeah. everybody's using now. And, and, so, and so so why is Ohio still violating people for weed and uh, uh, having a beer. And they treat them as the same as they had went out and robbed the bank. And so mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're willing to take this family that's not middle class, that this income is counting on to keep the house stable. They finna destabilize the house for, because somebody smoked a bowl of weed. They come in and they honest at the drug court. And, and they what still- do you, What'd you call it, Rob? Imi uh, intimidation I, therapy? I, I call it intimidation therapy. I say, man, I'm hip to intimidation therapy. So you, if you think you finna scare these people that been in and out of institutions, what you're gonna get is you're gonna unleash that 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 fit that freeze fight or flight. And most of the time, people from that's been in institution with past, they used to fighting, fleeing or fighting. Mm -hmm. It's very right. seldom to freeze. Am I right or wrong, B? So that's right. You you creating this hostile environment. So I say, so when I tell them, can I raise my hand? Guess what? All the judges agreed with me. It was like the other social workers, the nurses, the other counselors that had been so used to uh, not playing their position. So when I say not playing your position, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like you played football at a high level. Brian also played college football too. Uh, oh, cool. And so you play at a high level. And if somebody, if you miss your assignment and the guy got by you, that affect the whole team, didn't it? That's right. And so the coach gonna bring you around. Your position coach is your guy that that you know better mm -hmm. than anybody. <laughs> so he gonna be like, "Come here, B. This happened." That's getting right into exactly what community accountability is. You know, yeah. these systems right. um, need to be held accountable. And I think that we'll get right back on topic. But just based on what you were saying, Rob, you know, I seen it. So I know that I know that there are individuals who um, who probably cannot handle mentally that you are now not only you know um a master's almost holding a doctorate uh but you're now a continued education provider yeah now um, i'm not now i'm sorry did i tell you that b no you didn't tell me that oh and uh, they, fill they in what we've been doing uh, fill in so, what we've been doing uh, that's yeah i want to i do want to get back to you brian but this is exciting because of how similar your guys's uh journeys have been in a lot of ways um so i just started working uh with my parents um in march uh, one of the first things we wanted to do was get this podcast together. But the second most important thing that we were working on uh, is getting RKL workshops off the ground. So uh, we went and we figured out how we needed to apply and how we needed to qualify for Rob to be 
um, a continued education provider for the Ohio Chemical Dependency Board. That's um, good. So, so we, we, he's not only, that's what he means. He's not only their equals or with similar degrees, so uh, but now he's them. qualified to teach them mm. and get them continued education hours. So, um, yeah, I just want to toot your horn real quick there, Rob, because well, in a community like this, I think it's important. Congratulations. Because uh, that, that was not AAB. That was not my plan. This is God's game plan. Yep. And, 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 and I almost put it down to something that I know you can relate to on a, a sports analogy I'm going to use. Okay. Community accountability is all about gap, gap integrity. That's right. We have mm -hmm. to have that, man. I don't care whether it's in Cleveland. I don't care whether it's in New York, Alabama, or wherever right. it is. It's got, we got to keep, keep it real, man. It's too much phony stuff going on. It, yep. it is too much. It is too much. And uh, it's something else to, to actually see it and know it's there. And, and, you know, people just let it go by. It won't speak on it. Well, you know, it's, it's, I tell you this and, and just, and look at this, whenever you go to a reentry fair or reentry coalition meeting, just look at who's there and just look at everybody in the crowd. Just and just watch this. These especially they call them the reentry correlation summits or meeting. And like I said, everybody. I believe everybody can help yeah. somebody. You don't see in that crowd. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, you don't see it. And, and I don't. I don't mean to keep beating the horn about it, but I. I think we need to address it. We, yeah. we, we want to do everything else, and you're getting the same people getting the grants over and over again. Yeah. When do they? When do they become sustainability without getting grants? So that's yeah. Year, when year who's year. holding them accountable for right. for what they promise to do with those grants? Who's making exactly. sure that happens? And who you know? I, I agree with that, and I agree well, that there has to be. Um, this is not just some some mega company, or at least it shouldn't be. Uh, this is true human advocacy, and how how is someone going to advocate when their whole mindset is business mindset and they don't really have any perspective or relatability to the person that they're trying to help? Uh, you know, for me, I feel like I have a lot of perspective. I could help almost anybody. Um, but I also know that the person that I'm trying to help may not receive me. I may not be for everybody. Uh, so there needs to be an example of something that they can receive, someone that they can help, someone that makes them feel comfortable. You know, mm -hmm. and Rob says it all the time as a counselor. I may not be the counselor for right. you, but I'm going to help you find the one that you can receive, that you can digest, and you know. And then that, and that's why, and through this process of me going back to school, I got my wife involved too, so she can get her, so we can kind of tag team together. Because like you said, I may not be the person for them, but maybe she is, or, or vice versa. Yep. You know, and um, and just going back to school, it, it allowed me to learn different modalities, you know, different way of, of, of using treatment now. So I'm just excited, you know, how I can use, you know, different forms of treatment and still with my experience and my background, you know, I, I call myself three-dimensional. Yeah. Which, which, you know, I've, I've been there before, you know. Um, I have the education now and, and I can put all that together and try to and really try to help somebody. Yep. So, so exactly, because they can't, anybody else can get the degree um but you can't just go get that experience you can't go just get that history somewhere same with rob everything that he's been through everything i've been through and everything you've ever been through um are all completely different perspectives that could help a different person for a different reason so it is right. important to have not only uh diversity of culture but diversity of thought uh when we're dealing with something that is that is advocating for other human beings this is not just some company
you know, this is especially when we talk about we want to be so diverse now. We want to have this inclusion and we want to do all these different things now. Okay, well let's you know, who did I hear? Uh, I was, you know, I, I happened to be watching ESPN one day and I think Stephen Smith was talking, Stephen A. Smith was talking about how Pete Carroll talked about, you know, you need more minority coaches. You need, you know, he was speaking up, but he said, do something about it, Dan, yeah. you know, put it to action. Just don't mm-hmm. speak. You know, we, we talk about diversity, inclusion, you know, you want to see this, do something about it. Put right. it to and, action. and that's the thing is, is like, uh, you know, not to be blunt, but those white folks can't do anything about it. It's going to take those minority communities to do exactly what you did. You went and got the degree. You went and got the education. You went and got yourself in a position that you could step in now and there's nothing they can do about it. That's right. So, so that's what it's going to take is we, there, it's got to happen. It's time to move forward, you know? And and, and definitely even, uh, you know, uh, you know, stepping out with, you know, uh, the community accountability equals the cure in the, in the, in the podcast, man. And, uh, you know, uh, making sure that everything is, you know, patent and everything else, man, you know, for for uh, other people's voice, not only my voice, for other people's voice and story yep. to get out there, you know, uh, that uh, may not have access to that because everybody's so busy trying to look good that I only want the winners on there. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want the person in the struggle engaged in the struggle. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, uh, you know, our goal, you know, as believers, as believers in Christ and all three of us as believers, man, is the Great Commission, man. We, you know, we want to make right. sure that, that everybody has some of that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And once you become woke and once you know, you can't act like, you know, that's on them to act like you unlearn. You can't, you can't yep. not know once you know. Because what right. good is, what good is any system of advocacy if it's only, if it only contains one perspective, one, one train of thought, one uh, general experience? You know, that the diverse diversity of thought is just as important as as, you know, diversity in color or diversity in, in culture. Um, that's why we have this podcast is so that people can hear what they may have never heard before. They may have never I may have never crossed paths with you in my life. I may have never had another opportunity to hear your perspective or, or be able to relate to you in some way. And with more uh, perspective, we can do I think we can do a lot more. Um all these systems that are in play right now to advocate for people could perform a lot better um, if people were willing uh, to put themselves in other people's shoes and um, and try to truly understand somebody. So, well, since you know, guys, uh, uh, B Destiny, you know it's Throwback Thursday, so I'm gonna leave y'all with uh, <laughs> uh, uh, one of one of my uh, a, a person that really inspired me. I'm gonna leave you with with the great revolutionary Fred Hampton's words. You know, uh, Fred Hampton and we, you know, we did a little uh, uh, snippet on that about some of the things that really uh, made the, made the uh, powers to be turn on Fred Hampton and made him made him yeah. a threat. And his and that the first time coalition. that rainbow coalition of bringing all people that were struggling together. That's what really the, they had to get rid of him. And so uh, he said this. Fred Hampton says you can kill a revolutionist, but you can't kill a revolution. That's right. You can go mm-hmm. and kill me, but now the truth then got out. So you know that's that was his famous, famous quote, ain't it? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and the great Martin Luther King said this. He said that hate is too great of a burden to carry. It is. Yeah. He said he won't carry that. He has decided that he won't go that route. He said it's too great of a burden. You can't. And, and you know, and George Washington Carver said you can't keep a man down without staying down with him. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
So it, it, it not be otherwise. Don't be a hater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so on that note, um, I do want to say I appreciate you, Brian. I appreciate you as well, Rob. Um, both of you are examples of of black men in leadership um, and great examples of what can be for the future. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate what you guys do. You guys do incredible work. It's necessary work. Um, and, and thank you guys for stepping up and putting advocacy in action. No, thank you for having me. I'm humbled. Um, I, I'm just humbled that, like, like you said, the good Lord used me to, yep. to do, the, do this. And I, I'm going to keep going until I can't go no more. Yep. Nothing can stop you now. That's right. All right. Thank you so much for being with us, everybody. If you would uh, like to hear more or if you think you'd be a good fit for this segment or another segment of CAC, please email info at rklbehavioralhealth.com to tell me your story. Um, we'd love to provide the platform for your voice to be heard and uh, your perspective to be shared. So thanks again, Brian. See you guys till next time. Thank you. Go Rockets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all take it easy. All right. All right. Thanks, Brian. All right. Bye-bye.